episode of In a Pickle, the show dedicated to the less glamorous side of baseball. I am your host, Dave Houghton. Thank you for coming back to another episode of IAP Radio. Last week, we talked about Cesar Cedeno, and of all the things that we talked about, the most asked question I got was, is the Kiko Motel still open? And I have done a little bit of research, and yes, absolutely it is. So if you want to go to Durango, Mexico, and stay at the Kiko Motel, it would cost you $35 a night. So go ahead to uh, Travelocity.com and book your stay now at the Kiko Motel. And no, this is not an advertisement for Travelocity, but... If anybody from Travelocity.com is listening, <clears throat> I am available to do commercials. So last week, I told you that we were going to talk about a player by the name of Danny Nagel. Now, some of you might remember Danny Nagel, and uh, there's definitely going to be some times where I call him Danny, Danny, I, I'm going to screw it up. But uh, we actually have two shows in a row with a Denny. So this week is Denny Nagel. Next week will be Denny McLean. Denny uh, Denny McLean was a... uh, He had a little bit of a a, a gambling problem, but we we won't talk about that today because today we're going to be talking about Denny Nagel. So if you grew up in the 90s, then you know exactly who this person is. So, Denny Nagel played for 13 years with six different teams. But after winning a World Series in 2000 with the Yankees, and I apologize to all you New York fans out there, I had zero intention of talking about another Yankee. But you guys just topped the charts with uh, players who want to be featured on IAP Radio. So being on top got the best of them, and the only way out was from the bottom. This is the story of Denny Nagel Jr., also known to his parents as Dennis. So Denny grew up in Annapolis, Maryland, in the suburb of Gambrels. Gambrels is a small town of only about 2,800 people. While growing up, Denny attended the Arundel Senior High School, where he played high school baseball. Some notable people from this small town include comedian Wanda Sykes and NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden. I honestly think my favorite part of researching for stories is to find the notable people from the town. Something about how big yet how small the world is is really fun to find out. But honestly, this story reads like the same old stuff in the beginning. I know that as the storyteller, I'm meant to try to paint a picture for you, how he worked his way up to the majors and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not by any means losing interest in this show or the work I put into it. I think I just kind of spun the wheel and Nagel came up. And yes, I, I have a list in my office of um, players that, will feature their own show and i'm not going to get into that list right now so we'll leave some mystery so let's get into the story because the ending is by far the funniest part and it really brings into light 
why I do this show and why IAP is the less glamorous side of baseball. So Denny graduated high school and attended the University of Minnesota. While at UM, he obviously played for the baseball team. Now, University of Minnesota is no stranger to crime. Minnesota Gophers, and yes, that is the team's real name, their football player, Dominic Jones, was convicted of a sexual assault in 2008. In July of 2009, an appeals court upheld Jones' conviction but reduced his four-year prison sentence to one year. More than 1,000 sexual assaults on campus were reported between 2010 and 2015. No prosecutions of rape occurred, according to a spokesperson for the Aurora Center, until the conviction of Daniel Drill Mullen in 2016 for the rape of two fellow students. Mullen received a six-year prison sentence for these rapes. It has been said that only a few sexual assaults on campus were reported to the university police. Six resulted in an arrest from 2010 to 2015. One was determined to be unfounded. In a study by campus police, in the years between 2005 and 2015, sexual assaults at the university remained the same or increased despite sexual assault resources and many anti-crime programs on the campus. In August of 2020, the University of Minnesota agreed to pay $500,000 to a woman who in the fall of 2016 accused several gopher players go for football players of sexually assaulting her in february of 2017 a university of minnesota panel cleared four out of the 10 go for football players the woman accused expelling four and suspending the other two for a year even though these accusations of rape happened in the 2000s it kind of ties with denny nagel the only other person of note that i want to mention that went to this college is the styling, profiling, limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, wailing and dealing, son-of-a-gun, Ric Flair. Woo! So Denny Nagel was drafted in the third round, 85th overall in the 1989 amateur draft by the Minnesota Twins. So he went to the University of Minnesota, and he was taken by Minnesota. In 1989, two awesome baseball movies hit the silver screen. Field the Dream, starring Kevin Costner, and Major League, starring pitcher Ricky the Wild Thing Vaughn. The 1989 draft was also the one where Frank Thomas was picked seventh in the first round by the White Sox. Ben McDonald was picked first overall by the Baltimore Orioles. 1989 was a wild year for Major League Baseball. On April 29th, the Cubs had played their very first night game at Wrigley Field. This game was against the San Diego Padres. The lights might have not been working too good because Cubs and Padres had a combined 11 errors, six by the Padres and five by the Cubs. San Diego ended up winning 5-4. to four. 1989 was also the year that Mike Schmidt tearfully announced his retirement effective immediately. Also that year, Mark McGuire hit his 100th career home run while Cal Ripken hit his 200th career home run. That year, MLB commissioner Angelo Bartlett Giamatti 
announced in a press conference that Pete Rose is banned from baseball for life. Then a week later, Giamatti dies of a heart attack. Then on October 17th, Game 3 of the World Series was postponed due to an earthquake in California. The Loma Pirita, I'm probably saying that wrong, which struck right before the game was set to begin. It would be rescheduled 10 days later. The earthquake caused $12 billion in damages and killed 63 people while injuring over 3,700 people. Denny saw some action in the summer of 1991 with the Twins, but he was not in their postseason roster when they won the 91 World Series against the Braves. The 91 Twins became a special team. They were the only team in the MLB to ever go from last place the year before to winning the World Series. That is until the Red Sox joined them in 2013. During spring training in 1992, Nagel was traded to the Pirates along with fellow teammate Madre Cummings for John Smiley. In 1997, while playing for Cleveland, Smiley broke his left humerus while warming up for a start. The injury was unfortunately a career ender. Cummings, on the other hand, helped the Diamondbacks win the World Series in 2001 over the Yankees, scoring the tying run in the ninth inning during Game 7. He's a uh, automatic hero in my eyes. While in Pittsburgh, Denny became a full-time starter in 1994. In 1995, he posted a 13-8 record with a 3.43 ERA, becoming the ace of a mediocre Pittsburgh staff that included Esteban Loaiza, Paul Wagner, John Eriks, Steve Paris, and John Liber. Each one of those guys actually had a losing record. Oh, and before I forget, Esteban Loaiza definitely pops up in the IAP radar, and we will definitely have a future show for him so being the ace on a really shitty team nago made it to the all-star game and also led the nl in innings pitched which was 209 he also led in hits allowed 221 and in 1996 he got off to an impressive 14 and 6 start on august 27th 1996 he pitched eight innings only giving up two runs to the first place Atlanta Braves. The Braves liked what they saw so much that the very next day they traded Jason Schmidt to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Nagel in order to help them in their playoff run. Jason Schmidt played a full career in the bigs. He was also the last Pirate on the team to wear the number 42. Nagel was given the opportunity to start in Game 4 of the 1996 World Series, earning a no decision. If you remember the 96 Braves, then you remember one of the greatest pitching rotations in baseball. Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, John Schmoltz, I guess Danny Nagel. The 1996 World Series had the Yankees losing the first two games at home, being outscored by the Braves 16-1. to But New York rebounded to win the next four games. The last three in close fashion, including a crazy, insane comeback win in game four to tie the series. Nagel was pitching shutout ball, and the Yankees had only gotten two hits through five innings. 
And then it all fell apart in the sixth. The Yankees became the third team to win a World Series after losing game one and two at their home stadium. Following the Kansas City Royals in 1985 and the New York Mets in 1986. They also became the first team since the Los Angeles Dodgers in 1981 to win four consecutive games in a World Series after losing the first two. The Braves made the World Series in 91, 92, 95, 96, and 99, only winning the 95 World Series against the Indians. The 90s was the decade of the Braves for sure. It's just a shame that that team didn't capitalize on it. In 1997, Nagel hit the ground running and had the best season ever going 20-5 and five with a 2.97 ERA. Denny is credited for making the start for the Braves in the first regular season game at Turner Field on April 4th, 1997. He was so good that he earned another All-Star selection and even finished third in Cy Young Award voting. In game four of the 97 NLCS, he dominated by pitching a complete game shutout. But if you've been listening this whole time and not just having me on as background noise, you would know that the Braves didn't make it back to the World Series this year. 1997 was the year that the Florida Marlins won it against the Cleveland Indians, the very same team that the Braves beat two years before. This show reads like a season of that that show Entourage on HBO. If you were a fan of that show, then you would know that one season was all ups for the entire crew, and then the next year, it would be all downhill. Well, just like Entourage, the next year was possibly Nagel's worst year on record. That is until we get to the end of this show. The next season, he would post a 16-11 and 11 record with the 3.55 ERA. The year is 1998. Still pretty decent numbers, but there was something or somebody lurking in the shadows. And that somebody was Kevin Millwood. Kevin Millwood was drafted by Atlanta in the 11th round of the 93 draft and spent four years in the minors. Kevin would make his debut with the Braves on July 14, 1997. A year later, he won 17 games. Millwood formed a Braves star pitching rotation that also consisted of Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, and Tom Glavin. According to a lot of sports writers, the 1997 Braves starting rotation was the best in baseball history. With Millwood tearing it up, that unfortunately made Nagel expendable, and he was traded to the Cincinnati Reds after the season, along with Rob Bell and Michael Tucker for Brett Boone and Michael Remlinger. Two pieces of baseball lore come from Boone and Remlinger. Jose Canseco accused Boone of taking steroids in his famous book, Juiced, saying that in a 2001 spring training game, Canseco noticed that Boone was in the midst of a hot girl summer, and the two talked about what Brett was taking. However, Boone has denied taking any type of steroids. 
or actually having any type of conversation with Canseco. Boone said that he actually never even played against Canseco during the 2001 spring training. In fact, Canseco never reached second base in any of the five games the Mariners played the Angels where this conversation would allegedly have occurred. Also, Renlinger saved the pieces of a broken bat used by Sammy Sosa in a 2003 game, which had cork embedded in it, which, of course, violates MLB rules. The weird part was, though, he auctioned off the broken bat pieces in 2010. Remlinger was asking for $15,000 for the tainted piece of broken wood, but the highest bid was only at $14,000. The bat failed to reach the asking price, and Mike had to take his broken pieces home with him. Kind of weird. It's kind of like when Doug Mankiewicz took the 2004 World Series ball for the Red Sox and stuffed it in his back pocket, and he was like, well, give me money or sign me to a contract. And the Red Sox said, stick it both in your ass. So the 99 season is set to start. And now Nagel has to make his home in the beautiful state of Ohio. Also has to make the Cincinnati Reds his new team. A fresh start in a new place would not last long because this season, Denny was nagged by injuries. But if the 99 season looked hopeful, the 2000 season was the end of the road for him with the Reds. His time in Cincinnati only lasted 37 games with him going 17 and seven in two years. And on July 12th, 2000, Cincinnati traded him with Mike Frank to the New York Yankees for Jackson Mullane, Drew Henson, Brian Reth, and Ed Yarnell. And of course, I'm going to tell you about all these guys. I'll do it quick, though. Mike, Ed, and Brian are all cup of coffee guys, while Jackson Mullane actually lost both his parents in a car crash in 1998 while they were following his team bus to his next game. He also tried out for the 2000 Olympics for swimming, though, not baseball. Drew Henson actually went back to the Yankees later on and played two seasons for them until he left the MLB for the NFL and actually played for three different teams, the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Lions. Fun fact, in 2001, Drew was traded back to the Yankees with Michael Coleman for Willie Mopena. Drew struggled in AAA hitting with a average of .234 over three seasons as the Clippers' starting third baseman. Yankees became so frustrated with his lack of progress and they desperately needed someone to play third base. They went out and acquired Aaron Boone at the 2003 trading deadline. And of course, we here in Boston all know that Boone would eventually hit a pennant clinching home run against the Red Sox in 2003. But then he would injure his knee in a pickup basketball game during the offseason. The injury actually kept him out the entire 2004 season. Now, if I had the rights to this song right about now, I would be playing the Empire State of Mind song by Jay-Z. But I don't have any money and Hova hasn't called me back. So 
do me a favor and just play the song in your head as you picture Denny driving over the Brooklyn Bridge in a topless car with the wind blowing his hair back. This is where dreams are made of. These streets will make you feel brand new. Big lights will inspire you. Let's hear it for New York. 99 was a problem, and his pitch was definitely one. I'm so sorry with all these puns. Nagel was now playing for the playoff-bound Yankees, but he only registered a 7-7 record over the rest of the season with the team. His playoff performance was shaky at best, but the team would win the 2000 World Series against the New York Mets, that Subway Series. And Nago was now the owner of his very own World Series ring. Now a champion, Nago was looking for a big payday. And the Yankees would actually tell him to screw and would grant him free agency after the World Series. Yeah, you didn't see that one coming, did you? From October 30th to December 4th, Nago was unemployed. Right now, I would queue up that John Denver's Rocky Mountain High but you know why I can't. Colorado would come knocking and Denny would answer the door. In December of 2000, the Colorado Rockies signed Nagel and fellow left-hander Mike Hampton to expensive contracts. Nagel's contract was five years at $51 million, while Hampton signed a eight-year, $121 million contract. Spoiler alert, neither of those players would actually make it to their full contract. So now Denny is coming home to a place he'd never been before. He left yesterday behind. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He left yesterday behind him. You might say he was born again. You might. <laughs> What's wrong with me? You might say he found a key for every door. But the Colorado Rocky Mountain High seemed too much for him because it was a complete disaster from the start. I should probably look into people suing me before I wrote this story. I'm not talking about Nagel. <laughs> I'm talking about Jay-Z and the ghost of John Denver. Nagel's first two years with the Rockies would leave him with a 17-19 and 19 record, a 5.31 ERA. In 2003, due to injuries, Nagel would only start in seven games. He went two for four with a 7.9 ERA. Little did anyone know, July 20th, 2003 would be Denny Nagel's last MLB game. Nagel missed the 2004 season due to a ligament and elbow injury. Then in late November 2004, a Lakewood, Colorado police officer would ticket him for soliciting a hooker for oral sex. Nagel was cited in charge of soliciting a prostitute after a woman in his car said he paid her $40 for oral sex. The car was pulled over at about 1.30 in the morning in Denver. After an officer saw his white Escalade speeding. After the officer asked Denny why his belt was unbuckled, the woman, Jill Russell, 
said Nagel had paid her for sex. Man, she threw him under the bus so fast. If you can't trust a hooker, who can you trust? Less than a week later, the Rockies canceled the final year of his lucrative contract that would have would have netted him $9 million that year. The Rockies cited, cited a moral clause in his contract. This incident would lead to the end of Nagel's marriage. Hmm, who would have thought? He climbed the cathedral mountain and saw silver clouds below. He saw everything as far as you can see. And they say that he got crazy once and tried to touch the sun. Life lessons, everybody. Always read the fine print in your contract. In the 2005 season, he signed with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, but did not play due to injury. And that would be that for Nagel's playing days. Now on to life after ball. In 2006, he pled guilty to patronizing another prostitute, which normally carries about six months in jail in a $500 fine, but he was given a slap on the wrist with 40 hours of community service. Then in August of 2007, he was arrested for a DUI after he drove his SUV into the back of another vehicle. His blood alcohol level was 0.111, and in the state of Colorado, the legal limit is 0.10. In December of 2007, he was named in the Mitchell Report. By this time, though, he was already out of baseball. He would have clubhouse attendant Dan Chico McGinn write out a check from his quote-unquote baseball account in the amount of $1,600 and then send it over to Kurt Radomski. And if you remember from the Clubhouse Gone Wild episode on IEPradio.com, Kurt was the clubhouse attendant for the New York Mets. Sometimes Nagel would write that check to Radomski himself, but would always spell his name wrong. He would spell it K-U-R-K instead of K-I-R-K. Kind of seems like he was just trying to save some money there. Well, you can't cash that check? Well, I wrote it out to you. I don't understand it. Oh, I spelled your name wrong? Oh, I'll get you another check. I got to get out there and hit the field real quick. In 2012, he sued his financial investor for placing 80% of his money in alternative investments without his consent. And he lost it all. Denny played from 1991 to technically 2005 with a win-loss record of 124 wins with 92 losses in a career ERA of 4.24. He had over 1,400 strikeouts. Now, if you were listening, his teams consisted of Minnesota Twins, Pittsburgh Pirates, Atlanta Braves, Cincinnati Reds, New York Yankees, and the Colorado Rockies. Two-time All-Star, one-time World Series winner, and he also led the NL in wins in 1997. A career total earning of $53 million. 
all gone. You know what? I, I kind of feel bad. Let, let, let's try to end this show on a high note for Denny. Nagel would remarry in 1996, this time to his hairstylist, Jennifer Gray. They would go on to have three beautiful children, Denny III and twins, Chase and Avery. Uh, unfortunately, the, they, the two of them divorced in 2006. Sorry, Denny. This story really does read like the Entourage series. Somebody get me Vinny Chase on the phone to play me in the movie. Uh, well, you're, you're probably better off calling Turtle. So that is the life of Denny Nagel. From winning a World Series to getting a big payday to taking steroids, crashing your car while drunk, and trusting a hooker. Unbelievable. If you go over to the Instagram page, I will post a picture of uh, Joe Russell, the hooker who threw Nagel into the bus. Um, she's quite the looker. So join me next week as I talk about another Denny, once great Tigers pitcher, pitcher Denny McLean. You can also go and check out past shows at iepradio.com and follow the links to all of the show's social media accounts. Please go and like and subscribe. All right, so that is it for the show. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.